When we hold on to grievance and pain from the past, we keep ourselves from being able to really move into our fullest expression of self. We need to practice forgiveness from the soul recovery perspective, dissipating the energy and releasing the past for good. If you're interested in this profound transformation, I invite you to join me in Colorado the weekend of June 8th and 9th to have an incredible experience with others on this same soul recovery journey. Two full days of immersion in the soul recovery process where you will indeed leave transformed. You will be able to truly let go of these old pains and step into a new way of being. Check out the show notes for a coupon code and how to register. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome back to Recover Your Soul. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with me today. I wanted to celebrate my fourth sober year with you. It's been four years of continuous sobriety as of yesterday, February 10th, 2022. And that's a pretty big deal because I couldn't go a day without drinking. And the fact that I've been four years continually sober is a miracle all on its own. And I think back to the person that I was prior to taking that leap of faith and trusting that I could have a happier and healthier life. And it was a person without hope. And what I hope to bring with you in soul recovery, to bring you along in the journey, is to remind you that there's always hope. There's always hope. And for many of you, you are in the place that I was in those years prior to deciding that I wanted something different in my life, and it was dark. It was darkness, and it was overwhelm, and it was anxiety, and it was fear. I recently started reading Brene Brown's 10-year anniversary book of The Gifts of Imperfection, and I just love the way that she describes things, the, the reminder to be fully authentic in who you are. One of the quotes that she had that I wanted to start with was owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing we'll ever do. 
owning our story and loving ourselves through the process is the bravest thing we'll ever do. And learning to love myself and make it out of addiction is the bravest thing I ever did. And loving myself now, being in my story now, and accepting and loving myself exactly for who I am is new and beautiful and whole and reminding me of the worth that I have that I didn't feel in all those years before. In preparation for this, thinking, you know, it's hard for me to even remember how dark it felt in those days prior because I have made such a just incredible transformational switch in my life from where I was before to where I am now. And so it can be hard to reach back and say, was it really, was it really that bad? Was I really that unhappy? And so I went back and found some of my writings. And you know that I've always been a journaler and a writer, if you've listened to my episodes. And in the past, my writing was really a place where I could just pour out my pain. I could just really allow myself to feel my feelings. And I encourage people that I work with in coaching to use this process because we can get so wrapped up in our heads, just spinning the story, just spinning the story, just spinning the story that we can't even allow ourselves to feel the feelings in a healthy and consistent way. So by writing it down, we put it on paper. And so I went back and looked at some of those writings. And just in the year prior, I've got reams and reams of books, but I I opened up my my journal from before sobriety. And it's really painful to go back and look at the amount of sadness and depression that's on those pages. And the person that I was then when I wrote those things that felt such despair, such despair, real lack of hope. And I write about how I feel like a shell of a woman. I write about feeling like I'm failing my children. I write about how I feel unloved and unseen in my marriage. I write about feeling overwhelmed and inadequate. I write about feeling like I failed my life, that there's no hope for me, that there's no way that I'll ever be happy. I even write about wishing that I wasn't here anymore. And to read those words is really, really sad because that was the person that I was before recovery. That was the person who felt like the world was on my shoulders and that I didn't know how to fix it. I didn't know how to fix my own alcoholism. I didn't know how to fix my husband's alcoholism. You know, in 2017, my kids were, what, five years younger, so in their teens, and it was nuts around here. It was absolutely insane. There was just craziness going on with the teenagers, and they were acting out and trying to figure out who they were, and there was just so much going on, and I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to deal with it other than to check out or 
try to control it in these ways that I thought were being helpful, that I thought were fixing and ended up being a lot of ways of triangulation and manipulation and being in complete denial of what was actually happening in my life. And then in the end, drinking to check it out, just to check it out. And not everybody uses alcohol as I used alcohol. There's so many other ways to choose to check out. You can check out on television that's just mindless TV that doesn't provide you with any joy. There's shopping. There's food. Oh my gosh, food and sugar. Unbelievable addictions. So we use a a variety of things. And then as people in relationships, we're affected by other people who are not happy in our lives. And how do we manage them? How do we deal with these people in our lives that want something from us that we can't give or that they can't give us something that we need that we want? A lot of emptiness, a lot of desperation in that. And I think the moment that I stepped off of the airplane and that was my recovery date, um, February 10th, 2018. My mom and I had just spent three weeks in Thailand where I was on a life exciting adventure trip with her, but it was also a detox. And I knew that when I came back that I was going to try recovery again, that I was going to go sober. And I think about how when I started that trip and I had a carry-on full of shooters and slowly weaned myself off of the amount of alcohol that I used to drink down to just a beer or two a day and then last drinks being on that airplane. And then when I stepped on the ground in Colorado after this fantastic trip and decided that there was hope for me, that I had the awakening on that trip of seeing the world of seeing other people, of being outside of the life that I had that felt so overwhelming that I could, for the first time in a long time, believe that there was a better life for me, that I wanted a different life for myself. At that time, Rich and I were really still having complexities in our marriage. We had complexities in our marriage from drinking for oh my gosh, probably 20 solid years, the last 10 being pretty hard, including my leaving him for almost a year. And I knew on that trip to Thailand that I needed to do something different for my life or I really was going to die. And I didn't want that. I wanted something better for myself. I wanted to have something bigger and better for myself. I was tired of being sick and tired. And I think that sometimes when we have people in our lives who are addicts, you want them to be ready to be tired of being sick and tired. You're tired of them and you want them to see it, but you can't make anybody else be at their bottom. We can only be at our own bottom. And at that moment of getting on the airplane and then going on the trip and seeing a new life, a new world, new experiences, I wanted a happy life. And I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know if that meant that I would stay married. I didn't know if it meant that I would stay 
in the job that I was working at the time that had become a struggle, partially because of my alcoholism and my control addiction. I didn't know what I was going to have in my life, but I knew I deserved and wanted better. I knew that I was ready to do the work. And so I went to my first AA meeting, which was the Friday night meeting in Louisville, Colorado, that had been the first meeting I had gone to the first time I got sober. And it was such a extraordinary moment to walk into that room and see the people that with open arms were happy to see me come back and to have those days of the jitters and have those first days where you say, can I just not drink for another hour? Can I just make it today? And I can just make it today. And to have the humility to be ready to do the work. And I was ready. And I think about how when I did the steps and I got a sponsor the first time, I wasn't in the place where I was fully taking responsibility for myself. I think the first time that we got sober, I really wanted Rich to get sober. And I knew that I had a drinking problem, but I knew that Rich was the alcoholic and I wasn't convinced that I was the alcoholic. But when I came back into the rooms that second time, I knew that it was me. And even though he came in with me, I knew that I needed to do this for me. And that was the big change that has made it the biggest change in my life, which is I am not doing this for anybody else. I am doing this for me, for my mental health, that I want a happier and healthier life. And I don't know what that's going to be like for the people around me. Four years later, today is my sober date. It's not riches. If you heard the podcast about him talking about his relapse, he's not been continuously sober. And that's okay because I need to let him have his consequences and his experience. And that means that there's not certainty for me, which is actually a hard pill to swallow that I would, I would love to have certainty. I would love to believe and know that a marriage that was so hard for so long and got so good is going to stay that way. But I can't promise that. But what I can promise and what I can do is I can continue doing this sobriety work, this soul recovery work for me to have the experience that I've had, the incredible spiritual awakening that I've had in this. And to look back on these pages that have writings that are really, really painful of a person who is in an enormous amount of pain. And that's not who embodies me anymore. I am an entirely different person. I feel entirely different. I am awake. I am full of self-compassion. I love myself. I am incredibly connected to my higher power and trust and believe that everything in my life is working out for me, even the hard stuff. And I actually trust that part of what I went through and all of that heaviness and darkness was the journey that I needed to go through to get to exactly where I am today. And the gift that I have of sharing this story with you and that it may touch something in someone that offers them hope 
is the greatest gift that I've ever been given. We spend so much of our lives reaching out, wanting approval from other people, but we don't love ourselves. We don't actually trust that we deserve it. We don't have the part of ourselves that is so deeply connected to the knowing that who we are is wonderful and magnificent, that we don't have to fall back on addictions. We don't have to fall back on unhealthy relationships. We don't have to be in environments that aren't healthy for us. But we don't know that. Most of us weren't given the opportunity to trust that or know that even from an early time in our life. And so the fact that you're just listening to this here today means that you have started on the steps and you are well on your way to loving yourself deeply, to trusting yourself, to having hope, to having hope. One of my favorite quotes from Coot Blackson, who I had the absolute privilege of having on the podcast last year, had written a book called Surrender. And one of the quotes that was pulled out of it that I have printed out onto a cardstock that I look at every single day says, so stop resisting your calling. Stop refusing your greatness. Stop dimming your light. Stop hiding your gifts. Stop fighting your purpose. Stop arguing for your smallness. Stop crawling in the mud. It's time to say yes. It's time to say yes to the real reason you were born. This is when you access the magic, and then life will give you wings to fly. That day that I stepped off of the airplane, and put my feet on the ground and knew that it was the day that I was going to start to have a better life is when I stopped crawling in the mud. I'm not sure why it took me so long to want more for myself. I'm not sure why it took me so long to see that there was more for me, to be ready and willing to step out and see all those things that the universe, that higher power, that spirit wanted for me, wants for you. Why was it so hard for me to believe that I could have a fuller life? I don't know. Just like for many of the people in your life, or for yourself, that you can see beauty and happiness and potential in them, but they can't see it yet. And the answer is, we decide when we decide. We come to the awakening, we come to the awareness when it's our turn, when it's our time. And the beauty of how I feel in my life now is I have stopped resisting my calling. I have stopped resisting my greatness. I have stopped dimming my light. I've stopped hiding my gifts. That awakening happened in me when I stepped into recovery, when I stepped into soul recovery, turned the attention onto myself, let go of the whole world that I wanted to be different for me, and just accepted it for what it was, just allowed it to be exactly as it was, and started to look at the bravery of myself to be willing to see why things were hurting me. The things that are deep in there that we're afraid to look at are actually what's hurting us. It's what's killing us. So the woman that 
that wrote about giving up, about not mattering. She doesn't live inside of me anymore. Because there's always hope. And the hope isn't that the world will change. The hope is that we have the strength to do our inner change. To take care of ourselves. To see ourselves fully for who we are, all of us. Embodied in our entirety, our gifts, our beauty, our magnificence, and our shadow self. And the parts of us that we could improve. We all could use some improvement. Are there things in our life that we're ready and willing to make steps for? Are there things in our life that we would like to change in ourselves, not in someone else? See things differently? Spawn to things differently? Have better relationships? View the world in different ways? Hear things in different ways? It's amazing to me how just four years later, when I look back, the little steps that happened in my life of working where I was and the things that I learned and leaving that job and then getting the next job and then working at the spiritual center and then developing the podcast and growing this community and and working with people and having the coaching clients has been this beautiful unfolding for me of a life that I could not have dreamed of four years ago that I couldn't have dreamed of because I didn't think I deserved it. But the magic has happened, and life has given me wings to fly. And I can go back and I can look at those readings and the writings that I did, and I can have so much compassion for that woman that wrote those things, and the hurt that she felt, and the pain that she felt. And I can hold her in my heart and say, you're going to be okay because I'm okay. I'm beyond okay. And I'm worked very hard to be able to be in the life that sees that past that happened and has really let almost all of it go because we can't do anything about what's already happened. But we have a choice today about how we choose to live our life. If we are going to choose happiness, if we're going to choose health, mental health, if we're going to choose how we have our attitude in the world and how we have our relationships with people, we have a choice and we always have hope. So thank you for celebrating my fourth anniversary with me. And I look forward to every single year really just celebrating not being without alcohol, but being in soul recovery that it's not the not drinking that has improved my life. It is the spiritual life that I now live that has improved my life. It is the taking responsibility for myself and my life and my happiness that has improved my life. I thank you for being part of this community with me, being on this journey with me. And thank you for sharing this podcast with people that you think that it will reach out and help for helping growing this community. For those of you who I'm doing coaching with, I could not be more honored to be part of your soul recovery process. Thank you for being part of my life, and I hope that I can continue to be part of yours. Until next time, namaste. 
Thank you for listening, and I hope this episode offered you tools, guidance, and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. If you'd like some support and encouragement with your soul recovery, book a coaching session with me. When you're ready for change, it's amazing what can be done in just a few sessions. There's never any long-term commitment. This is your personal journey, and I'm just here to be a guide and assist you in connecting with your fullest and happiest self. Visit the website, recoveryoursoul.net, where you can find more about me, Rev. Rachel, book your spiritual coaching sessions, subscribe to receive email updates, and even listen to some of my original music. We thank you for supporting the production of this podcast by donating on the homepage or subscribing on Apple Podcasts or becoming a Patreon member. When you become a member or a subscriber, you're going to receive an extra bonus episode each week, and your support is really appreciated. By following, subscribing, and reviewing this podcast on your favorite platform, you're helping to spread the Recover Your Soul message. We hope that you will follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and even join the private Facebook group to become part of our transformational community. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.